0: Turn with me, please, in the scriptures to uh, Nehemiah, the 8th chapter, and 1 Peter 1. They'll put it on the screen for us. For the last number of weeks now, we've been on a subject we're calling the joy of faith. The joy of faith. Let's pray. Believe the Lord for utterance and anointing. I'm believing that you won't just hear me. You will hear him. Are you believing that? Okay. It's miraculous how these things work. Father, in Jesus' name, we're asking you together, agreeing together, as touching this thing, asking for the anointing, for the utterance, for revelation, for answers, for direction. And we ask for eyes and ears and heart and mind that see and hear and receive, perceive, understand. We ask for it. We are believing to hear you, to hear you, and to hear what you're saying to us right now about what's happening right now and what's coming tomorrow. We ask for it. We believe we receive it. We thank you for it in advance by faith and we say we know it's so important that we not just hear it but that we do it. We put it into practice and with your help we purpose and say we'll not be hearers only nor forgetful hearers but we will be doers of your wonderful word and as surely as we do great things will happen because you always watch over your word and perform it in the lives of those who do it. In Jesus' name, Amen. Everybody said that believe it. Say Amen. That means so be it. Amen. Say out loud. I'm a doer. I'm a doer. Not just a hearer only. Not just a only. You know, uh, that's the only people that get results. There's confusion amongst many churchgoers because they say, Well, you know, man, I've been going to church for all these years, and and this hadn't happened, happened for me, and that hadn't happened, happened for me, and I don't understand it. Things don't happen just because you go to church or just because you read your Bible or just because you pray. When you hear from the Lord, there's something else supposed to follow. You're supposed to do what he said. You're supposed to make that change in your life. Make that adjustment. Stop doing this. Start doing this. Change this and then do it as a way of life. And as surely as you do, then God gets involved. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, and he does things you can't do, and nobody else could do for you. Say it one more time, I'm a doer. I'm a doer. I, am a doer. I am a doer. I'm a doer. Of the word of God. Nehemiah 8, the people had backslid for years, and under the leadership of uh, Nehemiah and Ezra, the priest, they were getting back to God. And one of the things that they did to help get back to God is they spent half a day reading the word of God to the people. Of course, in those days, most folks couldn't read. And so they're reading it to them. And then for hours after that, the priests are explaining to the people what those verses and scriptures meant. Well, when they heard it, the people began to cry and mourn because they saw how far off they had gotten away from the Word, away from God. In uh, verse 9, Nehemiah, which is their Toshatha, Nehemiah 8, 9, Ezra the priest, the scribe, the Levites that taught the people, said to the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Mourn not, nor weep. For all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Then he said to them, Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, send portions to them for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto our Lord, neither be ye sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Say it out loud, don't be sorry. Don't be sorry. Now that's talking about sorrowful, mourning, you saw they were crying and mourning, sorrowful. Don't be sorrowful, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Sit out loud, don't be, don't be sorrowful. The joy of the Lord, the of the Lord is, my is my strength. Let's say it together. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Another time. The joy of the Lord is my strength. It is my strength. Amen. Joy is a force. Joy will strengthen the weak parts of your being.
1: Amen. 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 Amen.
0: True or not? Joy, there is strength in joy. There is healing in joy. There is restoration in joy. Joy is good medicine. It's good medicine. What if you got weak kidneys, a weak heart, weak joint? You need some strengthening. Could joy strengthen your heart? Well, there's numerous verses that talk actually about the strengthening of the heart in the Scriptures. Go with me over to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 12 And twenty-five. Oh, glory to God. This is a lot more than a note-taking session. (laughs) A number of people can receive healings tonight right here, right while you sit. You won't have to do one other thing. While you're sitting, act on the Word and begin to rejoice. Now, you don't have to make a whole lot of noise. Now, it's all right to get loud and rejoice, but you don't have to make a whole lot of noise to rejoice. It's a glad heart. But the reason I'm talking about it is because you can also resist it. I know a a relative of ours, one of the first uh, meetings that they came to when we came near their home, they had a place on the front row for them. And uh, this was early days of our ministry and it was was a sizable meeting, but I was real young in ministry. And uh, as I'm preaching, they were sitting right there and I noticed they would, uh, they'd begin to laugh and then they'd they'd do this, "Mm." (laughs) because they grew up in a uh, a group of of believers that you don't do that, not not in church, you know. And uh, I don't know, maybe she got pinched a bunch. I don't know. But anyway, we'd go in a few minutes and, and she'd forget. And she'd just laugh and run out loud. And then she'd go, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I saying that? Because you can resist what the Spirit of God is trying to do with you yeah. in joy to help you yeah. and heal you. You can suppress it. Mm-hmm. You can push it down. You can quench the Spirit. Another word for quench would be to smother like a flame or something. You, you can smother it out. Now, I know that's a bad thought but people are doing this all over the place. People are resisting the Holy Spirit for one reason. They don't realize it's Him. They don't realize it's Him. But He will manifest in joy. Do you remember on the coming of the Holy Spirit? The falling of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost? What was the effect on them when they got filled with the Spirit? Hmm? You so, well, they spoke in tongues. Yeah, but that ain't all they did. That's not all they did. They come a-tumbling out of that upper room. Is that right? Speaking in tongues... And what did the people say? They didn't just say, Isn't it amazing to hear all these languages? Because you could come down all dignified and single file, speaking in different languages. No, there was something else. They said, This bunch is drunk. Didn't they say that? This bunch is drunk. And Peter had to tell them, Look, it's only what, nine o'clock in the morning? <laughs> Ain't nobody drunk. We're not drunk. As you think. He had to add disqualify. We're not drunk as you suppose. (laughs) Because Ephesians says. Be filled with. Don't be drunk with wine. Wherein is excess. But be filled with the spirit. Speaking to yourselves. In psalms and hymns. And spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your heart. To the Lord. Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And this reveals the kind of spirit he is and that we have. You remember, Jesus told the disciples, the sons of thunder, when they wanted to call fire down on, on those folks because they didn't act like they were going to receive Jesus, he said, You don't know what kind of spirit you're of. No, we're not calling fire down on people today. <laughs> And you have to say that even to some good believers sometimes because how many ministers and good Christian people have gotten so sober and so serious and so judgmental and argumentative about doctrines and things and it's just for months and years now, they're having no fun. They're so rigidly righteous and so doctrinally correct They think, they think, they imagine, but this no joy, no peace, dull life is not the right spirit. This combative, argumentative, holier than thou, judgmental, that's not the right spirit. That's not the right spirit. Not the right spirit. Come on. Mm -mm. you're not supposed to go around straightening everybody out (laughs) who made you the Holy Ghost police huh (laughs) Uh -uh. here's another great word are you ready everybody awake you're not supposed to say everything you think (laughs) and you're not supposed to do something about everything you see and everything you recognize. There are times you're going to see things so clear and what people need to do is going to be so obvious to you and if you listen to the Spirit of God you won't say one word and you won't do one thing. The Lord told me this years ago early in ministry. Because I I made some mistakes like all of you have. Trying to to tell people things that I knew they needed. I know early on, some of my own relatives, I found out some things that changed my life. And they needed it desperately. And that was true, that they needed it desperately. But they didn't want to hear it. They weren't ready to hear it. And me trying to, to tell them and trying to, and I probably didn't do it the best way either. You know, sometimes we're rougher with family than we should be. Hmm. Nobody knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> sometimes we're <laughs> we're we're too blunt, we're too abrupt, we're too pushy. Because that's my sister. That's my brother. That's that's my child. That's my this, my that, you know. Mm -hmm. There's this thing called being led by the spirit. Have you heard of this? (laughs) This is how we're supposed to operate. And we're not supposed to judge according to appearances. And we're not supposed to walk by sight. We're supposed to be led not by what? We think, not by what they need. We're supposed to be led by the Spirit. And only He knows what they'll receive. And the truth is, a lot of folks are not ready for you. They are not ready for you. And they're not going to be ready for you. Not even in the future. The Lord is going to use somebody else other than you, because they're not going to receive it through you. That's right. That's good. That's Even if they know you're right, uh-huh. they still won't receive it because it's you. And if we were mature and led by the spirit, he would check us and we would back off and realize I'm not the one. He's going to use somebody else on this. I'm not the one. But then there is somebody that will receive it through you. There is somebody. And you want to be ready for that, for him to use you with them. And the Lord said this to me concerning ministering to people. He said, it's not what you know, what I know. It's not what they need. It's what will they receive. It's not what I know and see. It's not what they need. It's what will they receive. And there's only one person who knows that. And that's the Holy Spirit. And if we listen to him, he'll show us. I know one of the first times I endeavored to minister the word. This was back before I ever went to Ramah. This is back, oh man, what is this, 40 years ago? I uh, had just got a hold of the great truth that we've been redeemed from the curse of the law. And I was so stoked. I was so excited. I thought, glory to God, everybody needs to hear this. Everybody's got to find out about this. And just the, the, almost the next week, I guess it was, the, on a Wednesday night at my church, the pastor asked me to share. Well, I hadn't been sharing. No. So I thought, this is God. I just got this message, and now I got this opportunity. Glory to God. So uh, I. Man I gave them both barrels. I, I, I said glory to God. I said according to Deuteronomy 28. All these things. Are the part of the curse of the law. And according to Galatians 3.13. We've been redeemed. From the curse of the law. And I was ready for them all to jump up and shout. And nobody jumped up. And nobody shouted. And one of the deacons said, Keith, because we're we're country, you know, everybody knew everybody around there. Keith, are you saying we don't have to be sick? I said, yeah! (laughs) Glory to God! See, yeah! He said, "Mm, mmm. (laughs) Mmm. And I saw another deacon shake his head, and then one guy got up and told about how God took one of his family members with disease, and then another got up and told about how God put disease on them, and then the pastor testified about the same kind of thing, and I'm done. I'm I'm done. I went and sat down. And that was my first ministry experience. <laughs> you know, you could have concluded, man, I ain't called to do this. Could, couldn't you? You could have said, hey, look at that. What a train wreck, man. <laughs> Well, I wouldn't be looking at you, would I? If I'd have said, well, forget this. I mean, this is no fun at all. But laying in the bed that night, a few hours later, trying to go to sleep, I'm replaying this in my mind, thinking, I said, Lord, did I do something wrong? I mean, this did not go well. What what should I have done? Did I do something wrong? And... uh, he replayed it for me. I, I heard them get up and Deacon get up and say, "Keith, are you saying we don't have to be sick?" I said, "Yeah, that's right." And the Lord said, "Wrong. You didn't say that. I said." He said, "Don't take responsibility for my word anymore." He said, "They don't mind arguing with you. Arguing with me is different." That's a valuable lesson in yes. Valuable lesson. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't have said, yeah, I should have said, Galatians 3.13 right. says. right? Just right back to the Word. Yeah, back right back to the Word. Not, not I said, He said. That's
1: good.
0: And He said, and besides that, they needed about half a teaspoon <laughs> of faith and healing. And you tried to give them a dump truck load. <laughs> but the story has a happy ending what was it just a year or two a couple of years later they invited me to come back Uh (laughs) this is after we'd been to Mm Rainbow. come back and hold a meeting we had what was it a week's meeting or several days meeting and had a great meeting had miracles had healings had gifts of the spirit had people get filled with the Holy Spirit yeah so it did have a happy ending it just took a few years. Don't give up. Amen. Don't quit. Amen. But say it out loud with me. It's not what I know. It's not what, I know. It's not what they need. It's, not what they need. It's, what they it's what will they receive. And like we've already talked about, a lot of times they're not going to receive anything from you, through you. But that doesn't mean you just give up and quit. You ask the Lord. Send laborers across their path. Lord, there's somebody they'll listen to. Yes. If they don't want to hear it through me, that's okay. You can use me with somebody else. I don't think I'm the only one that can do anything. The Lord has a lot of people. Yes. He has a lot of ways of doing things. Trust Him. You'll be there for His people when He asks you to, and He'll be there for your people too. Amen. Is He faithful or not? Yes. I have, I've seen it proven in my life. Phyllis and my families we've seen it over and over again and that's not in my notes anywhere but did you find Proverbs Proverbs 12 it says heaviness in the heart of man makes it stoop but a good word makes it glad heaviness in the heart of man makes it stoop go down but a good word has the opposite effect; makes it glad. The Young's literal translation says it like this: "Sorrow in the heart of a man bows down." That's the same thing we've been we saw in our text, right? He said, "Quit sorrowing." Why? Because that's just going to hurt you. Second Corinthians talked about what was it, chapter seven: the sorrow of the world works death. To be carnally minded is death, Romans says. It's not just an unenjoyable thing. Sorrow can kill stuff in you. Sorrow can weaken your immune system to the point it won't fight off things. And you have problems you should have never had. You know, there's enough... Bacteria, viruses in the air we're breathing in the water we're drinking in all the food we eat to kill us a thousand times over. The thing that's preventing that is the defense systems in our body and a strong immune system and a strong body all kind of stuff can be trying to hurt you and you never know it. Because your immune system is, is taking care of it. You never know it. But sorrow can weaken you. Sitting around feeling sorry for yourself. Holding on to bitterness. be You know, no joy, no peace is actually weakening your mind and your body, your emotions. It's making you weaker every hour and every day and if you do this for month after month you can be destroyed medical science researchers are slowly beginning to catch on to this Mm -hmm. they're beginning to see some of these things it's always been this way these verses have been in here a long time haven't they they were true when he said it they're still true now amen Well, if we know this, we're just going to keep on sorrowing, no. acting like we can't help it. Say it again. The joy, the joy of the Lord, of the Lord is, my is my strength. Well, what if you need some strength? So joy. What if you need some strength? So joy. I got to tap into some joy. So joy. Do I have anything to do with this? Can I access joy? Yes. Can I initiate some things yes. that'll cause joy? it's true look at the 15th chapter in the 13th verse 15-13 again we'll read the Young's Literal Proverbs 15-13 Young's Literal says a joyful heart makes glad the face (laughs) it's kind of like an indicator with a switch you know a lot of indicators when you turn the switch on light comes on right (laughs) says on (laughs) And uh, if the heart's glad, the face, if if the heart's joyful, the face is glad. Sometimes people will try to tell you, well, I got got a lot of gladness in my heart, you know, (laughs) deep down. I know I look kind of grouchy, but, you know, you just can't tell. No, I'm sorry. That's not how it works. No, no, no. Continually grouchy countenance. (laughs) Not a glad heart, not a joyful heart. No, it affects your face. (laughs) It does. What's on the inside affects the outside. That's what all this is telling us. Is it true or not? You get this settled, it'll change your life. Is it true that what's on the inside of me affects the outside of me? Well, if it affects your face, it can affect your kidneys. It can affect your blood. It can affect your lungs, your immune system, and that's what he's saying. <laughs> I tell people, "Say, well, there's no cure." Actually, there is. Actually, there is. Take two big doses of joy. Tell me about it in the morning. I assure you, it's going to affect your anatomy. Your body, your systems, your glands, your organs is going to affect you. Not just your body, but your soul and your emotions and your mind. You're connected. Spirit, soul, mind, body. It's all connected. We divide them to talk about them, but they function as one unit. They flow together. Like sometimes people have tried to separate it and go, My heart's amazing, but outside I'm a mess. I'm sorry, I just. Uh-huh, uh. No, that's not. <laughs> the outside is a reflection of the inside.
1: Amen.
0: True or not? Amen. I know some folks don't want to believe that, but it's the truth. Why? You said a joyful heart makes glad the face. By grief of heart the spirit is smitten. Joy brings you up. Grief and sorrow bring you down. Bring you down. Weaken you, drain you. Uh, in fact, this is what this says in Proverbs 17. 1722. Proverbs 1722, again the young's literal translation. A rejoicing heart does good to the body. Mm-hmm. Now, how much plainer can you get to that? Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, that's figurative, Brother Keith. It is not figurative. That's as plain as you can say. Yeah. Well, the King James says, What a merry heart does good. Actually, like a medicine is not a good translation. It's not like a medicine. It is a medicine. <laughs> Anybody remember Proverbs 4? My son, attend to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are what? Life Life to those that find them and health, or the margin says, medicine to all their flesh. Didn't say it's like medicine. It is medicine. It's the most powerful medicine you'll ever get a hold of. And it has zero side effects. Yeah. Have you ever noticed these 10,000 commercials for drugs? This drug's amazing. They, they put this these pictures of all these people having this wonderful time, and your headache will be gone. Uh, you, you may have organ failure. <laughs> you may die, but your headache is gone. <laughs> And they try to say it real fast at the end of the thing, you know. I mean, it's 48 side effects. (laughs) And we're laughing. But Phyllis and I, have we have seen, haven't we, uh, many cases of people who are having severe problems. And as we prayed for them and sought the Lord, he brought up to us too many medications with crossover side effects. And as soon as they got off some of that stuff, those problems went away. And they're trying to believe for something, a problem they didn't actually have. It was medicine induced. That's right. Now, you know, I'm not knocking medicine. There's some good medicines that can help you when you need it. And we thank God for our doctors and, and especially people that are believers. And in, I pray for researchers. Lord, help them to find things. Help them to understand these things. But you don't want to replace faith in God's medicine with just natural things. I've had people try to tell me, well, yeah, I I accept that preacher, you know, prayer can be a good help to medicine. Oh no, no, honey. (laughs) Uh Uh-uh, natural medicine can be a natural help to God's healing power. And it's according to where our faith is. No, don't let people relegate prayer to a side thing. A help thing, the word to a side thing. It's the main thing. Doesn't mean you can't take a medicine or have a procedure. But if you don't put this first, nothing's going to work like you're supposed to. You're not going to get the results you're supposed to get. And in a lot of cases, you won't need anything else but this. Well, amen or oh me or I'll think about it. (laughs) It's according to our faith. Yeah, God can do anything. Nothing's too hard for him. But we don't receive according to what he can do. It's according to our faith. A rejoicing heart does good to the body. The Amplified says, A happy heart is good medicine, and a cheerful mind works healing. But a broken spirit dries up the bones. God's Word translation says, A joyful heart is good medicine, but depression drains one's strength. That's the God's Word translation. A joyful heart is good medicine, but depression drains one's strength. That's what we've been talking about all along, right? Is it true that depression will drain your strength? Yes. Yes. Then you can't afford it. I said you can't afford it. I can't afford, we can't afford depression for two hours. We can't afford it. I mean, living in this world, the stuff we're dealing with, our, the, our frailty of our human body condition right at this time, we can't afford anything draining us. We need something strengthening us. Can we do anything about being depressed? Or are we helpless victims? No. Are we powerless against feelings? No. If you feel bad, do you have to act like you feel bad? No. If something bothers you or a thought tries to get you down, do you have to stay home no. with a box of tissues no. and the uh, uh, the curtains pull? Do you have to? No. No. Now we're talking about being spiritual. We walk by faith, Faith, not by sight. Now sight includes all the stuff that's going on out here. It would include feelings. We walk by faith. (laughs) Someone was purported to have asked Brother Smith Wigglesworth one time about how he felt about something. Uh And they said he bellowed and said, I never asked Smith Wigglesworth how he feels. I tell him. Well, that's good advice. Never ask yourself, well, how do you feel? No, come on, how do you really feel? You're about to mess up. You're about to wallow around in some sorrow and self pity and all kind of junk. You might <laughs> well, that's what my therapist said. Well, you might need to change therapist. <laughs> I mean, how much skill does that take? How do you feel? <laughs> no, how do you really feel? Does, is that the main thing? No. How I feel? No. Are feelings truth? No. You can feel ways that are total lies that you have no right to feel that way. And the feeling is real. And it can be powerful, but if you don't learn how to resist such things, you will be a victim. And you will be drained. There will be thing after thing after thing that hurts you, that makes you mad, that upsets you, that bothers you, and the feelings are real. And if you yield to them, you will be a slobbering, nose-blowing mess (laughs) for half your life. And nobody wants to be around that. Nobody enjoys being around that. That is being weak. It's being childish. It's being carnal, unspiritual. People who really are strong in spirit, people who really walk strong by faith, you can't tell some big problems going on in their life Just by being around them for a few minutes. You can't tell it. If people are around you for 10 seconds, Mm -hmm. and the next thing they go is, What's wrong? (laughs) Is something wrong? (laughs) You ain't doing too well. This is going over big, isn't it? (laughs) No. One of the greatest things is to realize. It is true. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I don't have to act like I feel. I can feel like 40 miles of muddy road. I can feel lower than a snake's belly in a wagon rut. I can feel rough. But I don't have to act that way. I can act like I'm an overcomer. I can act like I'm more than a conqueror. I can act like the Bible's true because it is. Hallelujah. And I can say, yeah, I I, I see this. I feel this. But that's not the end of the story. And that's not all that matters. The Lord said this. And that's what I believe. Brother Hagen, Kenneth Hagen, my father in the faith, he's pastored for a number of years and he said uh, every church he would take, many of them, were uh, run by the board run by the deacons and they had had numerous pastors and, and uh, he said it'd take sometimes a while for them to let him lead in some things they're used to running everything and, and so uh, he said sometimes they'd start talking about a problem and then he'd go to this and he'd talk about it some more and this person talk about it some more he said by the time they got back around and circled him they'd look at him and go uh, Lord Brother Hagin what are we going to do? You know, they got this problem in the church. And he'd say, We're just gonna act like the Bible's true. He said a lot of times they'd just physically breathe a sigh of relief and go, Yeah, you know it is. The Bible's true. It's a decision. Are we gonna look at the bills and talk about how much it is and how bad it is and how impossible it is day and night? Or are we gonna talk about how big God it is Amen. and how easy it is for Him to take care of this and how faithful He is? It's a choice of what we look at. Looking at this is gonna bring you down. That's gonna drain you, make you weak, could make you sick, could make you die before you should. Looking at this is gonna put strength in you. It's gonna give you joy, it's gonna give you peace, it's gonna lift you up, hallelujah, it'll enable you to overcome, get your needs met, get your direction and run your race and finish your whole course. And it's my choice. It's your choice. Don't say I can't help it. That's simply not true. It's my choice what I look at. Your choice what you look at. Every day of our life, you can be a negative soul. We don't have this. We don't have that. We need this. We need that. This is wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. That's the other. That's acting like nothing's right. And you do that enough, you'll think you got nothing to be thankful about. Nothing to be glad about. Nothing to look forward to. That's how people get suicidal. I saw this working in healing school. People would fixate. They got something wrong with their finger. And they go, my finger. My finger is not right. It doesn't work right. Other people's fingers work right. Why can't my finger work right? If my finger would only work right. My finger, my finger. And totally forget, you got nine that are just fine. Got good elbows, good knees, 10 good toes. Come on, are you listening? Totally act like you got nothing to live for because my finger is not right. A joyful heart is good medicine, but depression drains one's strength. The Living Bible says a broken spirit makes one sick. Now this is as plain as you can say it. A joyful heart is good medicine, does good to the body. Depression drains your strength, broken spirit makes you sick. Now look with me in 2 Corinthians 1. We're stepping over into another level of this now. And if you hadn't got the previous parts, you need the previous parts. Go back and get them, go online, download them, watch them, listen to them, get caught up with us. And once you begin to get this in your own life, there's something else, another step. 2 Corinthians 1, 24. 1, 24 says, he said, not that we have dominion, this is Paul, over your faith, but we are helpers of your joy, for by faith you stand. We're what? Helpers. helpers of your joy. Paul said, I am a joy helper. He said, I'm not lording it over your faith. I'm not trying to domineer over your faith. I'm your joy helper. Because it's by faith you stand. Well, what's joy got to do with faith? Everything. They're connected. If you're standing by faith, you're strong. Is that right? How could we, what is any evidence of strength? Joy. If you're not doing good in joy, you're not doing good with strength. Not standing good. Joy. He said, I'm a helper. Of your joy. We've been reading in Job. What about his three friends? Are they helping him? Does he feel like they're helping him or are they building him up? Are they giving him some joy? No. They came to comfort and stayed to torment. I've laughed about that phrase we read a couple of days ago. He said, you are the people and wisdom will die with you. (laughs) Bit of sarcasm there. Finally, he says, miserable helpers are all, you're miserable helpers. You are doing a miserable job of coming in comfort, helping me. I just wish you would shut up. Just He said, wisdom for you would be to be quiet. (laughs) Well, that's the same thing we were talking about. Some of the things they are saying is right. Some other things they're saying is not right. But even the things they're saying, is he in a position to hear it right now? This man is about out of his mind with physical pain, problems, just all his kids just got killed. His wife is not even supporting him. She's telling him, why don't you just get this over with? <laughs> Curse God and die. How would you feel? He feels like he is completely abandoned by God, by everybody. They have no clue that a devil exists. Amen. Yeah. Can you see that? Right. They ask questions like, if it's not God, who is it? They have no clue that a devil exists. They have no clue that resurrection is even a possibility. Did you read them talking about that? They're like, if a man dies, will he live again? They're saying, no, that's the end. This is an old, old book. Predates a lot of other things. Not much light, not much revelation. But a lot of people still arguing the same things today, aren't they? This is completely relevant. Same things. But he didn't need somebody preaching to him and trying to teach him and correcting him. One of the things they did when they first got there, they just sat on the ground and didn't say a word for hours and hours. A lot of times that's one of the best things you can do. Just be there. Yes, You're amen, sir. there. They know, why are you there? You wouldn't be there unless you cared. You're there. If anything comes up, you say, Is there something I can do? Can I help you? Little things. Get you a sweater. Get you something to drink. Go get you something to eat. I'll run over and do you laundry. We'll cut you grass. These things matter. I said they matter. A lot of times people are not willing to do any of that. They just want to preach at you. I know a couple that I knew, Phyllis and I, we didn't know them very well. We were in a few of their meetings. Boy, God used them marvelously. They were older. He preached and she flowed in the gifts of the Spirit. They were a great team. They just it just flowed together so so beautifully. Well, she got sick and and died. And uh, I saw him in a restaurant and I said hi. I went by and I uh, spoke to him and and I said, man, I'm. Uh, you know, I heard you. Your wonderful wife went home. Uh, are you doing okay? And he said, Well, they they weren't. You wouldn't have called them Word of Faith. They were a little bit different persuasion. Which, what does that mean? <laughs> we're all the same family. Is that right? Amen. If you're born again, you're born again. Amen. You're in the same family. Right. But I'm just saying they weren't. They didn't run some of the same circles we did. And he said, well, he said, "Uh, I've been hurting. I said, I understand. Y'all together a long time, right? And he said, yeah. Ministered together after how many decades, he said. He said, you know, some of the Bible school students came by and wanted to talk to me. And they told me, you know, if she had had enough faith, she wouldn't have died. He looked at me with tears. He said, that didn't help me, Brother Key. I said, I know it didn't. I'm sorry. That, that doesn't sound appropriate to me. I said, I know y'all have faith. I, and I'm not talking about faith for healing right now. I'm talking about they lived a life for God for decades and decades. How many millions of people want him go to church? And here they ministered for him. For de- Come on, can you see this? Yeah. And of course, these young guys, these young ministers, that's part of their problem. So young, so inexperienced, hadn't been through much of life to even know. I'm sure they might have thought they were doing well. But how can you help somebody? If you really want to help somebody, you want to help their faith. Amen. Right, come on. Come on. I said you want to help their faith. And if you're helping their faith... It's going to be evidenced by an increase of joy and peace and life. Can you see this? If what you're doing, they only cry harder and want to get away from you, you're not doing good. Come on, can you see this? Maybe they're wrong about a lot of stuff. You think you're right about everything? (laughs) Maybe you do know some things about this area they don't know. But they may know some things about another area that you're oblivious to as well. Amen. Kindness is love. Yes. And, and empathize. Imagine if that's you. Put yourself in their shoes. How would you want to be treated? What would help you? And what you're thinking is can I do anything? Can the Lord use me to help their joy? Help them come up. And you don't just need to say, well, cheer up, bud. <laughs> no, why? Why should they cheer up? That's right. come on. What reason do they have to cheer up? Amen. What about that situation right there? I've been there many times in ministering to people. One of the greatest things that will cause you to cheer up, the Bible said comfort One another with these words. What words? Words about what's happening after this life. Heaven is real. Where is she right now? She's a strong believer, served God all her life. Where is she? You didn't lose her. She's not lost. She just relocated to a place that's just as real as this, but much nicer. It's real. It's real. Who's she talking to right now? What's she doing? What's going on? Right? And God time, how long will it be before he, he was already an older man? How long is it going to be before he sees her? If he lives another 25 years, it'll be seconds God time. And he'll show up there and she will go, you're already here. I feel, To her time, feel like she just got there. And he's already there. That is a reason to rejoice. And rejoicing will make you strong. Oh, come on, can you see this? And it all depends on what you choose to look at. What you choose to meditate on and talk on. Some things will take life right out of you. Other things will put strength and joy and life right into you. A good word makes the heart glad. What every one of us want to be is a joy helper, an encourager of the brethren. And you want to practice until you get good at it. You can come into any situation, and I don't care how awful it is, and there are some bad ones. You're searching your heart. Okay, Lord, what will help? What will help? Hmm? Hmm? Don't just blab a bunch of stuff. And certainly don't just try to straighten people out. You've got to realize, when people are hurting, I, I've, I've been with people endeavoring to minister to them, they're in so much pain, not, they can't even have see you when they open their eyes. They, they, it's hard for them to focus. Try to, try to, don't try to, be aware of somebody other than yourself. Amen. Of what's going on with them. Right? And don't imagine what you would be doing in that situation if you've never been in that situation. That's all unknown territory. And it's all talk. Till you've been there and done it, it's just talk. One thing that uh, uh, could be brought up right now is the scripture says, weep with them that weep. It also talks about rejoice with the rejoicing and weep with the weeping. That's Romans 12, 15. I says, what about that? It's it's right. It's the word. But how often and for how long? (laughs) Come on, are y'all with me? Psalm 30, verse four. Well, let's just start in verse two. Psalm 30, verse two. Oh, Lord, my God, I cried to you and you've healed me. O oh Lord, you brought up my soul from the grave. You've kept me alive that I should not go down to the pit. Sing unto the Lord, O oh saints of his. Give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. His anger endures but a moment, in his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Hallelujah. Verse 11, you've turned for me my mourning into dancing, and you put off my sackcloth and girded me with gladness to the end that my glory may sing praise to you and not be silent. O oh, Lord, my God, I'll give thanks to you forever. Amen. Amen. There are some very hard things to deal with in this life and in this world. There have been some times I've I've wept uh, at people's hurt and the thing they were having to deal with. But I'm not gonna do that for days in a row.
1: Amen. Amen. Come on.
0: I think the maximum it ought to happen. It ought to be over in the morning. In the morning's a new day. What are we going to do? We're not going to lay around and cry and feel sorry for ourselves. That's not faith. If you care about people. You care if they're hurting. And it touches you. But is it going to help them? For you to lay around. And question God. And cry and feel sorry for them. And feel sorry for you. It's not going to help them. What do we got to do? If I care about you, I want to help your joy. I want to help you get out of the pit. Right? Help you get out of the hurt, out of the pain, out of the grief, out of the anger, out of the bitterness. Got to get you where God can get involved in your business. And that's going to take faith. (laughs) And in order to have faith, joy is connected. Why would you have joy when you're in the middle of a terrible situation? How could you have joy? Listen to this. Jesus said this many times. He said, cheer up. Be of good cheer. Didn't he say this? Listen to, don't try to turn there, just listen. Matthew 9, 2. Matthew 9, 2. Jesus told the, the man they let down on his bed, son, be of good cheer. What's he got to be cheerful about? (laughs) Your sins are forgiven. Remember what we said. Don't just say cheer up. Why? Why? Here, is he giving him a reason to cheer up? He's laying there. He's maybe pronounced incurable. He's supposed to have to live with this rest of his life. Of course, nothing's impossible with the Lord. But the Lord says, cheer up. Your sins are forgiven. Why? Because if we can get him rejoicing about this, it's a short step to the other. Oh, come on, can you see this? In his light, we see light. We get more light. You get to griping about what you don't have, it's going to get darker. But in the midst of a lot of lack and problems, do you have anything to be thankful about? Did you eat today? You can thank God for that. You got any body parts that are working? You can be thankful for that. Got any friends? Anybody that'll acknowledge they know you? Huh? You could be thankful for that. Is that right? There's a lot of things you can be thankful for. And if, how about your future? Have you got a good future? Are they working on your mansion right now in glory There's plenty you can rejoice about and if you get over in that vein, you begin to feel better. You begin to get a little strength. You begin to come up and now you begin to see something else to be thankful about. You begin to see something else and you get a word from the Lord about this situation now. And if you believe that before you see and feel a change, that's faith. God has access into your business, into your affairs. Something good Is about to happen for you. In Matthew uh, 14.27. He spoke to them. You know on the water there. He said be of good cheer. Why? It's me. I'm here. I'm here with you. Don't be afraid. In John 16. He said uh, in the world. 16.33. In the world you'll have tribulation. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Why should I cheer up? He has already whooped the devil. Amen. Amen. That's worse than whipped. Amen. When you've been whipped, you were defeated. When you've been whooped, you don't get back up. <laughs> he whooped the devil. <laughs> and he said, so what should that do for us? The Lord said, I, I have overcome the whole world that you're living in. I have overcome this whole thing. How, what effect should that have on us? We should immediately cheer up and go, that's great. <laughs> that is good news. Why? Because he did it for me. Hallelujah. Be of good cheer. Somebody say, be of, cheer. Be, of cheer. be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. Cheer up. We'd say, cheer up. And then, but you need to follow it with why? Cheer up. Why? That's where listening to the Holy Spirit comes in. Because some say, well, I I just pick a verse and give them a verse. Well, it's all the word of God. But no, there is a word in season to the one that's weary. And the Lord will quicken that to you. And it will be the reason why they should cheer up. Now, if you give it to them at the Lord's direction and they don't cheer up, Mm -hmm. it's because they don't believe it. Mm -hmm. They didn't accept it. Well, that doesn't mean you get preachy and get hard on them. That may be where you see if they need another sweater mm-hmm. or some lemonade. Yes, yes. <laughs> come on, are you with me? Yes, yes. And you just, and, and, and if they relax like they don't want to hear you, well, you're not the only one that God can use. There's other people, right? But you stay in faith. You are a joy helper. When you come into the situation, no matter how dark it may be, it ought to get brighter just when you come in. Is that right? People should say, you are a ray of sunshine. <laughs> Actually, it's a ray of God's light. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's a ray of God's who is light. Yes. And that light is in you. Yes, right. And that light is in me. <laughs> Glory to God. Look at your neighbor. Help them out. Say, you are a ray of light. You, of light. <laughs> you need to say, yes, I am. Yes, I sure am. I sure am. (laughs) You know, uh, we are warned and cautioned about offending little ones that believe in Him. Now, that's not just physical children. That can be young ones spiritually as well, how serious an offense it is. And what that has to do with, you never want to discourage anyone's believing in him just like you can be a helper of joy you can be someone who just rains on everybody's parade you can be a negative soul that no matter what anybody comes up with you're like oh that ain't going to work no you can't do that no you might as well just accept this is going to be your lot in life and if you convince them of that and they lose what little faith they had. You're responsible. Amen. You'll be held accountable. That's right. You never want to do that. Amen. I said you never want to do that. Amen. The Bible said concerning Jesus, Matthew 12, 20. And this is a quote from Isaiah. He said, a bruised reed he will not break. And a smoking flax shall he not quench. Till he send forth judgment to victory. The Amplified says, A bruised reed he will not break, a smoldering, dimly burning wick he will not quench, till he brings justice and a just cause to victory. We should treat every ebbing ember of hope and faith in a person as a personal challenge to get revived is that right if somebody says i just don't think there's any reason i mean i believe in god hey that's an ember you go you believe in god you believe in god (laughs) tell me again how you believe in god you come on say it again you believe in god I do, I believe in God. God can do anything, can't he? Can't God do anything? God is a good, god been good to you. What are we doing? (laughs) And with the Holy Spirit's direction and help, they can begin to brighten up a little bit. That's what, uh, cheer up literally means brighten up. If you look up the Hebrew words, the Greek words, it means brighten up. It also means to have courage. When the Lord's saying, cheer up, he's saying, brighten up. It's a cousin to light be. And that's the first time I've ever said that. Well, what's brighten up? Brighten up with what? That's light. Brighten up. Jesus He's not going to condemn you because you don't have a full flame of faith. How many remember he said, If any man lack wisdom, do what? Let him ask of God, who what? He gives freely to everybody, and what he won't do? He won't, I'm going to paraphrase, he won't come down on you for being dumb. You say, God, I need some wisdom. He'll say, you sure do. You are one dumb (laughs) rascal. (laughs) No, he, he won't do that. You say, God, I need some wisdom. He said, honey, how much wisdom you want? I will give you all the wisdom you need, baby. Come here. Come here. Let me give you some wisdom. Should we be like him? And when it comes to faith... You and I should treasure, instead of judging or looking down on anybody because they don't know some things or their faith is not very strong, we should be excited to find a half of a coal that's barely warm, got something to work with. What do we do? Come on, man. Yeah, you can. Yes, you can. I know uh, when I first started laying hands on people ministering healing back a number of years ago, I saw some folks that were, you know, they basically were challenging people. Do you have faith to believe for this? I don't know if you do or not. Come on, you better. Do you have it? (laughs) And the Lord dealt with me, don't do that. Don't do that. Help them. If they're on the fence, help them get on the right side. Not long after that, I was coming down through a, a line. And there was an older lady in the line. I mean, she was up in years. And I went to lay hands on her, and, and she looked at me kind of frightened and, and put her hand on my hand. And, and I just stopped. I said, dear, I said, uh, you don't have to fall. I said, see these two big, strong guys behind you? They'll hold you up if you want them to. She said, oh, okay. I said, uh, you believe God heals? She said, well, I guess. I, I don't know. Well, her faith is is not so much there. I know he can, if he will. Now, if you jump, well, well, it's not his, you know, it is his will. And you don't have any faith. In it. If you do that, that's not a joy helper. No. Right? That's not a flame fanner and the Lord just quickened me here's what I was talking about Here, help her out I said I said sister you believe in God don't you she said I sure do do y'all remember that uh, uh, Paul did that with the king remember that who was it Agrippa he did that with him he said Agrippa you believe I know you believe and, and the king said, almost you persuade me to be a Christian? What's he doing? He, he's not saying you, you doubt her. You, you know, no, he's telling him, you do believe, don't you? I looked at her and I said, you believe, you, you believe in God, don't you? She said, I do. I believe in God. I said, sister, I, I've been doing this for years. And I am so confident that when I lay hands on you right now, the healing power of God is going to come into you. She said, you think so? I said, I'm absolutely convinced of it. She said, really? I said, absolutely. It's going to happen right now. And she said, well, lay hands on me. <laughs> See, in just a few seconds, she moved from, I don't know, until lay hands on me. She, she saw confidence in my eyes, and, and, and but the flame of my faith got close to her ember. Come on, can you see this? Can you see what we're talking about? Helpers of joy and encouragers of faith. That's what we're supposed to be doing everywhere we go with our children, with our family. Is that right? Our co-workers. and you don't have to quote a bunch of scriptures. You don't have to get preachy. You certainly don't have to get judgmental. You just got to have something burning in you. And enough love and care that you want to help, not hurt. Amen. You want to help, not hurt. Go to Philippians in closing, I think. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Yeah, there may be a time that you cry with somebody for a couple of minutes. <laughs> Or even you know you're they're not ready to hear anything for a few hours, but that shouldn't last long. Right. You got to get them out of that right? right, and don't let yourself get in there too. You got to help them into faith, because unless we get into faith, what can God do for us? Things are limited. Things are restricted. In Philippians one, I want you to see this how strong a part of Paul's heart and life this is, and of course he got this from the master. In Philippians 1, about verse 21, I guess. Philippians 1, 21. He said, for to me to live is Christ, and to die is the end. No. Huh? No. Blackness. No. Wait, wait, wait. Darkness. No. Nothing. No, it's gain. No. We must stop using the word loss. Loss. In connection with believers deaths. Sorry for your loss. This is an unbelieving term. Get it out of your vocabulary. (laughs) To me to live is Christ. For the believer to die is not loss. It's the opposite of loss they gain wow did they gain (laughs) brother Oil Roberts who's in heaven now used so mightily of God Uh, in his later days he had a physical situation some of the doctors were telling him you know uh, we need to do this and you may not survive and he said the alternative is stunning (laughs) (laughs) to him not surviving the procedure. He said, the alternative to me surviving is stunning. When it's real to you, you're not afraid of it. You're, you know it's not lights out. It's lights on. It's more light than you ever saw, than you ever experienced. How many of you ever heard somebody say, talk about, there's been a number of people that died and came back. And again and again you'll hear, they saw a light. They saw a light. Well, God is light. So that shouldn't be too surprising. (laughs) Keep reading, keep reading. To me to live is Christ, to die is gain. But if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor. Yet what I shall choose, I wot not. He said he had some choice in the matter. Keep going. I'm in a strait betwixt two. I'm pulled about this. I got a desire to depart. I got a desire to go and be with Christ, which is not just better, far better. Than what? Than staying here. It's far better. Keep going. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. And having this confidence, we see him making his decision while he's writing his letter. As to whether he's leaving now or staying a little longer. And this is how he makes his decision. I got this confidence. I know I'm going to abide and continue with you all for what? Your furtherance and joy of faith. I'm going to help you with your joy I'm going to help you with your confidence which is another word for faith and I'm going to help you with your joy the joy of faith glory to God verse 26 why that your rejoicing may be more abundant Paul says I'm going to stay a while longer why why are you going to stay Paul He's talking to the church there at Philippi. There were a number of churches under him. He said, I'm going to stay because I can help you. You, I can fan your flame up higher. The Lord used me. Uh, You think you got joy now? When we get through preaching this next meeting, your joy is going to be off a scale, brother. And as much as I want to go, I need to help you before I leave. Come on, can you see this? Amen. This is strong motivation. Right. Well, I'm not Paul. Yeah, but you can do the same kind of thing Amen. in your circle of influence. Amen. Do you believe it or not? Yes, sir. There are people you'll see that I'll never see. Yes, That's right. Is that right? There are people you'll come across, people you'll have contact with, that will, you know, may never come to these churches or never hear me or or any number of other preachers or ministers. But yet you're there and you have enough in you that in their dark hours or even just in a kind of a down Tuesday afternoon, here you are and you got a smile and you got a spring. Now, I understand you can't be depressed, feeling sorry for yourself all the time and be used of God to do any of this. You got to overcome in your own life, Right. But then you are, and with what you have, that's what you can give. The same way you overcame your stuff, then you can help them overcome their stuff. Amen. You're not judging. You're not critical. You're not mean. You're not unkind. You're just there to help their joy. Amen. Let me give you a little joy boost. Let me, let, me come, let me help you come up just a little bit, just a little bit. Come on, that was just half a smile. Come on, let's get the other half. Let's get the other half up there. You can do it. You can do it. Why? Not just cheer up. Why? God's given you reasons why. Reasons why. You're not done. There's more to be done. There's more to be accomplished. There's more to be seen. Come on. Come on. He's brought you through worse than this. Come on. Come on. You are an encourager of the brethren. You are a faith builder. You are a joy helper. You are a partner hand in hand with the Holy Spirit. Who is the helper. And you're a conduit for the helper to help. Stand on your feet everybody. Oh do you believe it? Somebody say I believe it. I believe it. I believe it, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and do what? Forget not all his benefits. This is how you can keep joy coming. You remind yourself of his benefits. He forgives all my iniquities. He heals all my diseases. He delivers me, hallelujah. He fills my mouth with good things. He renews my youth. Hallelujah. Lift your hands. Let's rejoice. Let's give God praise. Let's give God glory. Oh, we worship you. 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 you.